They talking all of this madness, talking all of this madness, talking all of this madness. They talking all of they talking all of they talking all of this madness, talking all of this madness, talking all of this. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Matt Madness Wrestling Podcast. I am your host, Ron Pashery. I am here with my good friends, Act Two Fly, Eric Trembicki, with. Mr. Wednesday Night Live, Alo Aaron Lloyd, also known as the voice that runs the place, the European champion, hailing from Bangor, Maine. We've had a big spike in activity, none of it coming from Bangor. Great Britain, though. Great Britain, yes. We've had a, a nice spike from our friends across the pond. Uh, before we get into Extreme Rules, which is coming up this Sunday, just want to give a shout-out to a new episode of The Perfect Edge with myself and Donovan the Lowdown Lloyd, no relation. And as always, check out Falls Count Anywhere with Derek McCauley, Rusty Agostino, Zach Harmon. Uh, was Johnny Monk on this week? No. Or El Monje Azul no. was not on this week? Nope. Okay, Falls Count Anywhere and the Hot Tag. Uh, new interview up this week with JT Dunn, am I correct? Yes. All right. That was a lot to remember off the top. I never remember just from getting it all right. Yeah. <laughs> but you handle it perfectly. Thank you. And we'll also, and now you go, you guys can also Google us on Google Play as well. Yes, we are now available Google as always. Play. Yes, on iTunes, Podbean, Stitcher. Now we've added Google Play and TuneIn as well. Um, before we get into Extreme Rules, is there anything else anyone wants to get in on them from their world of wrestling? Um. I finally hit episode ten of Lucha Underground. Oh yeah, on Netflix. Finally. Well, so, I'm done. Se- I'm done season one. Yeah, I'm through three episodes. I watched three the other day. You guys are slacking. I thought <laughs> I, I I swore I'd be the last one, but um. I'm you, how could you one. not know I was going to be the last one? <laughs> well, I always feel like you guys are way ahead of me on NXT. You know, there's nobody that's, that's been, been complaining more about the excess of product <laughs> Wait, more than me. Time out. <laughs> Aaron, you said that's different? Yes. Why? Because you've never seen Lucha. You've seen NXT. And Lucha seems to be actually more interesting because it has storyline storylines. That's why I'm already saying it's not like I figured you guys would be jumping in. I'm a I'm I was a big fan. I think by the second episode I I was hooked. Um well, too much wrestling. It, this may be better wrestling. Yeah, because you don't have to like take it in and pro and process it the same way. So so season one there's 39 episodes, so you Yikes. have 38, 30, to go. 38, <laughs> 38 episodes that are... If you think about out. it, though, that's like 10 Raws. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So here's the thing. They got um, 38 episodes that are an hour or less, and then the climax is an hour and a half episode. Or, they, you know, they book it's it as two, two hours, hours but yeah. I guess that's supposed to factor in commercials. Yeah, Ultima Lucha. But the good thing is, I have 20 more episodes of season one of Katrina. <laughs> well, I, I hope uh, you'll see when you get a little more deeper into the episode, she fades out for a little bit. But she does come back heavy in the end of season one. Yeah, I heard that. Hitting heavy late. <laughs> uh, listen. Listen to what? Uh, I was going to start rambling about her. We don't need to hear that. No. <laughs> Uh, so we do have extreme rules. Actually, one other thing. Uh, at the recommendation of Derek McCauley, he, I guess, has enjoyed some of my rants over the last <laughs> few weeks. Um, so he he asked me if I was interested in starting a segment on the show called Ronnie vs. the World, which 
should be a one or two minute segment where I doesn't necessarily have to be me ranting, but something that I'm thinking about. I guess we will save that for the end of the show. Uh, we sure it's not going to come in the middle of the show. It could, okay. depending on where the show goes. Yeah, so, so, I, yeah, I think you. I think we already got it. I know me and my best friend already know exactly I can't wait. where this is going to come. Um, I will let you know when we get there if that is this week's Ronnie versus the world. We'll see. It will be. Um, pr- yeah. <laughs> uh, extreme that's like rules. I'm not, that's like saying I'm uh, not going to drink a beer right now. <laughs> extreme rules. My least favorite pay-per-view of the year on the calendar at this point, only because they can't actually do anything all that extreme. It seems kind of silly. But I am looking forward to the Fatal 5-Way Extreme Rules match between the five biggest names on the show. Seth Rollins, Roman Reigns, Bray Wyatt, Finn Balor, and Samoa Joe. I forgot somebody who. Oh, no, I didn't. Okay. The winner of which will face Brock Lesnar. Whenever it is, he's coming back. We will see that title at some point this summer. Um, Rumor has it. Yes. Alo, how do you feel they're doing as far as building towards this match? I think they did a great job because they, the triple threat match, like both matches delivered. I think the triple threat match was really fun. Finn Balor being the only face in that match, he actually shined. I think he got the best out of Bray Wyatt. And you already know Finn and Samoa Joe, they have the, good, the great chemistry going, mm-hmm. back to, going back to NXT. I think the... Joe was the perfect person to win that match because he's been, he's been on the WWE roster the shortest time, yeah. so he kind of needed that mark, that big win to actually like put the. Even though he stole it, he mm-hmm. didn't like go out there and win the match um, himself. But I thought that it was perfect for him to actually steal the win, and so people could actually rem- remember like, look, I'm here too. Also, even him stealing it, it's like so. Joe is a monster, mm-hmm. but Joe is also pretty cerebral too like he always knows what it is he's doing mm-hmm. he doesn't he's not just going out and killing people for no reason he knows what he, there's a purpose to what he's doing yeah, he learned he learned from his boss he did so finn hits the coup de gras and boom strikes at the perfect time yeah, so perfect. It, it really it's a perfect perfect thing for that character to finish that match that yeah, and, and then the whole seth roman thing like those two they always have great chemistry i even like their promos before the match because roman was straight to the point this is my yard and Old friend or not, I'm coming for you. Yeah. Seth Rollins too. Like Seth Rollins, we say he's been stale as a babyface, but this was kind of like a in the middle between promo that he actually cut backstage, and I like that they're not just saying they want the universal title; they want Brock Lesnar. So they're putting Brock Lesnar, but at the same level, sometimes higher than what the title is. Yeah. Is being Brock Lesnar, even though it's not what it used to be because right. he lost to Goldberg those two times. What got job that the Goldberg that one time and mm-hmm. got, got, got smacked around at the Rumble but they're, they're elevating the stature of Brock Lesnar yeah and he, they're not just saying this is not for time this is just for Brock Lesnar actually taming the beast so so basically you're, you're going out there for a chance to tame the beast and win the Universal title and the Roman Seth match that was the best match on television that I think we've seen all year because a lot of the matches you've seen on TV, they're pretty, they've been pretty, especially on Raw, they've been pretty lackluster. Yeah. Nothing to actually talk about. But the match delivered, and I like that Roman actually won because even like Seth even said, Roman's Seth's always got the better of Roman when yeah, they like won, I own won, you. Won. Yeah, <laughs> Seth's always got the better of Roman. So I think I like that Roman actually got the victory and then leads. In, and I'm I'm really excited for the Fatal Five Way. Like we talked about, you're pretty excited for it, but I am I am too because other than. Probably one match we'll get to and destroy later. 
I'm actually looking really looking forward to this card because it's not it's not a bad card. There's like a, we, got, we got the pole thing, but mm-hmm. I'm sure we'll look past that. And that a whole card isn't always gonna be perfect. Card is pretty solid. Yeah, so I'm I'm really looking forward to this pay per view, and I think this Fatal Five Way may actually be a match of the year contender. It could be. Eck, your thoughts? Yeah, um, pretty much 100% agreeing with uh, Aaron's upfront statement with the uh, the triple threat. I thought the triple threat was executed perfectly. Um, going into the other main event, you know, co-main event with uh, Rollins and Reigns, mm-hmm. the match was good. And, you know, we brought up the point of not having quality matches or in free TV. I believe I even mentioned um, last week uh, when the over-underrated uh, period you know, I thought I was the only one not enjoying television matches. Like, I was like, you know, am I, like, well, you know, is this just me? Do I, am I the only one that wants to fast forward the main event, like, every week on Raw? Because I'm like, nothing special <laughs> is going to happen. But I thought the triple threat was perfect. Uh, Roman and Rollins, you know, there's a lot of stuff you're seeing on social media. If you got those two in the ring together, you're you're going to have a clinic. You're going to have a good match. And they proved that yet again. Um this past month. Oh, even though one of those guys can't wrestle? Don't talk about Rollins like that. He's a phenomenal <laughs> wrestler. He's the man. Because a lot, a lot of people in that building were not happy that he won that match. Why? He never, he never beats Rollins. Exactly. It One, to me, that that makes me feel like he's not going to win on Sunday. Who, Roman? Yeah. Oh, no, uh, I, um, I, was thinking, I was thinking that too, which I enjoyed. Also, the whole time the match was going on, I was enjoying it, but I was expecting for the other three guys, or at least the two heels, to come down and get involved in it. So I was happy that they actually had a finish to the match and not just everybody at the end of the show fighting like it seems to be every week before a pay-per-view. So I I think they've done a very good job. To to Alo's point, actually, and Eck, I know you agreed with it, that they made Brock important as well as the title where whatever happens in this match on Sunday, it's actually going to mean something. Yeah. Like, it's not just like, okay, these guys want a match on a pay-per-view and now they have a title match next month. It's like, no, it's actually building towards a real event that people are looking forward to. Uh, I, I like that. And, you know, I in a dream world, we would like to see that, you know, Brock confront the winner after the pay-per-view. But there's, uh, I don't know, we're going to keep complaining about that, I guess, until... Uh, balls of fire. Yeah. Oh God. Great balls I, I, of fire. I really hope they change. Very that. topical. They still haven't said knowledge on WWE television. So no, you're well, right. They have. You know, it, you know, we keep mentioning that. I think there's going to be some good reason why they come up with that name, um, or at least I'm hoping it. I almost being optimistic because I think you know going into backlash last month. Um, I think right when they started building the card for it, I was completely, I don't want to say against it, but Mm -hmm. I anticipated nothing good coming out of the show. Um, I figured, you know, this is post-Mania. It's the first B-level show after Mania. It's going to be terrible. Um, I was against the main event. As we know, the main event, we didn't get the result, you know, I preferred. But moving forward, I mean, I I see the perks of it. But either way, I think Backlash was good. And I was pleasantly surprised by how good it was. I think this is another thing with Extreme Rules where there's a, you know, this this show could please a lot of people. So 
I would love to say if everyone hates the name of this pay-per-view, hopefully uh, Great Balls of Fire, we get a, a sacked card, and it's one of the best shows of the year. Another thing Me about, being optimistic. Another thing about yeah. Extreme Rules, I think every match is a stipulation except for one. So that's the one thing we were saying, like how, how, how you can have the Extreme, extreme, extreme Rules pay-per-view and every match not have a stipulation. But I think every match except for the mixed tag, whether it ends up on the pre-show or not, has a stipulation. So I do like that, that they kind of executed it to a certain extent other than years past. Yeah, my feeling about this card, my issue with the the name Extreme Rules does not really extend to what I think the content of the show will be. I think it's a good card with good matches that we want to see. I just think there's nothing extreme about it. Don't call it that. You could have every stipulation you want, but you're only going to go so far. So yeah, it's- it, it, it really it, it's just annoying to me. Uh Little nitpick, though. I, I do foresee that I'm going to enjoy the show. Um, before we move on, Fatal 5-Way match. Eck, who do you predict to win this match? Finn Balor. Halo? Finn Balor. Wow, I'm going with Finn Balor, too. So we got a clean sweep to start off. I just think it's his time. I think Heyman putting him over the way he did, I think it would be kind of crazy for them not to do it. And you know that they've been waiting to run with him all this time, they finally got him back, so why not just jump right into it? Listen, I um, I don't think we'll be as fortunate, but I pray it, we could get the miracle of uh, him, Heyman turning on Brock and going with Balor. Get to see Heyman more often. I know we would all love that. Um, as much as I think you know, it's a unanimous decision, um, due to age, I, I still I mentioned this a few weeks back. I think the best thing they could do is... Um, give it to Joe. The thing is, Joe's supposed to be a monster heel. People hate Brock because they don't see him. Yeah, It's like, who, who do you root for? Um, yeah, I really hope that Balor wins. I would love to see Heyman go with Balor. But. Yeah, my, my thing is, well, we all know who's taking the pinfall in this match. <laughs> we, we, we all know. It's very wide. We already know who's taking the pinfall. My thing is... We all we all predicted Finn to win. Now my thing is, you know how they're the rumor going around is supposed to be Brock and Roman yeah. at WrestleMania. And my thing was like, okay, how do you get the title of Brock? And we all say Finn Balor's gonna get it somehow, some way. So my what I was thinking, a little fantasy book in the head, this is me just overthinking again. Mm-hmm. That Finn You said went, you were gonna stop doing that. Yeah, I, I'm well this just makes this is logical simple booking, I think. I'll keep it simple. Finn won the title at, in July or SummerSlam, and he drops it to Reigns eventually, and Brock wins the Rumble. And that leads you to WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would like to That's see that, si- too. That's simple. I, I, didn't, I didn't give any twists or turns. I gave you simple booking. Even that seems to be asking too much, <laughs> it is. oftentimes. Uh, Intercontinental Championship. Oh, God. We have The Miz versus Dean Ambrose. Uh, the title can switch hands on a DQ finish. We had an episode of Miz TV. One of my favorite lines from this was when he said, Miz said that Dean Ambrose is one of the people that rules were meant for. <laughs> yeah, habitual rule breakers. Yeah, habitual rule breakers like Dean Ambrose. And then he used the highlight of him getting Dean Ambrose disqualified. Yes. I love that. It was great. We had Sheamus and Cesaro as the guests. Obviously, Ambrose would come out, and uh, the Hardys would come out, led to a six-man tag, which the babyface team won. 
kind of two segments in one, and that that whole thing was out of there. First segment, typical raw well, to be forgotten about. That's raw. I, I say, hold on. Now, as typical as that is, that's you know, form. That's the typical format on Raw. You get an opening segment like that, but at least it was a little, a little different than normal. Yeah, it was different because you saw you actually saw your tag team champion interact with somebody else. And get a six man tag out of that. I it was something yeah, new. Fre- fresh pairing, and then it you know obviously at least it wasn't like Stephanie out there, you know, opening the show, and then here comes she pulls out the top baby face, and then gets some squashed or a bad intro like that. I I mean I enjoyed the match. I uh, enjoyed um, Amber's interaction with the Hardys. Yeah, because like my thing is it's like okay, why don't you just announce this at the beginning of the show and don't have these extra long promos? And if it's already announced, just still have Miz TV and don't start the match. Just announce it before it's, it changes the whole aspect if you just announce it when the show starts. Yeah, because you actually build into the match. I just throw them all out there. It's like we're not looking forward to this anymore because mm-hmm. we know but, we're gonna get it right after the commercial break. But then they would have to give us more content with other people, and they only have three hours to do that. So it's. Only three hours. Just three. They, just three. They just they Plus can't extra do fifteen that. minutes. It's a shame how little time they have to work with. Yeah, and then as far as the Hardys are concerned, can anybody beat the Hardys? No. <laughs> like did, what, what? did I say that last week that but, they like, have been the most dominant? This was the perfect superstars? time for them. This was the perfect time for them to lose. That was my thing. I'm like, well, okay, they're gonna lose here. Yeah. So that's five. Even though they pinned the Miz, that's five out of the last seven weeks, I believe, that the Hardys defeat a combination of Cesaro. How and are Shannon. they ever gonna break if they never lose? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and a, a leg, apparently, they're still fighting the owl for this broken thing, and we don't. I don't know where that's going at this point. But it's like, who's like, who's gonna big stop the Hardys? Yeah, I mean TNA so far is the only one stopping the Hardys because <laughs> nobody nobody else has even come close to doing it. Um, well, I don't know about you guys, but I mean, going into um, Sunday, the Hardys against Cesaro and Sheamus, the fact that they've been so undefeated, I mean, thinking logically, I'm nervous they're dropping the titles. I am too. Because I have no reason to believe they're going to win because that's typical WWE booking. But the old, the, the normal WWE booking is you're tagging Shane who's every match, and then you, they, win, they win the title match. But the Hardys mm-hmm. have won every match since they've been back. Yeah, I, I don't... It would make some sense like for them to stay undefeated until they lose on a pay-per-view. And another thing I like is Sheamus making mention of... You know, shame on the fans for turning on Cesaro. Yeah, I did like that. As soon as the Hardys came back. Yeah, that's true. Because, like, they loved Cesaro. They obviously were booing Sheamus. The Hardys come in. Now they're the biggest thing in the company. And now C- C- Cesaro is not as beloved anymore, which led to his heel turn. So there's, like, an act- some actual logic being put yeah. behind his change in personality. Yeah. So I, I did enjoy that. I think, I think this tag feud has been built a little better than the IC feud. Now, Eric, as you being the one of the three of us who likes Ambrose the most, mm-hmm. how, do you, how do you feel about the way this lead-up has been handled? Well, I mean, I'm the only one that is, uh, you know, completely trying to knock all the decent work Ambrose has been doing on Raw. <laughs> so, uh, I, I mean, I'll start with that. Um, you, know, you guys are just – doesn't matter. I mean, I think Miz could have a 30-minute segment next week on Raw sitting on the toilet and you guys would be impressed <laughs> I, I'm convinced um, I'm content with what he's been doing I, I don't hate it um, you know obviously I have 
I think with almost anything with WWE and specifically the Intercontinental Championship, I'll always have a nitpick or something more I could suggest for it. But, you know, I'm not looking forward to him dropping the title Sunday, and I'm hoping he doesn't. Uh, whenever they put that stupid stipulation, I mean, you think of was um, Aaron will know better than me, but uh, Christian's first, or was it his second world his, title? He that won. was his second world title, but the thing is, that was the only time that stipulation ever came to fruition. And I, ho- I hope next week when we talk again, I hope it is still the only time. Halo, <laughs> your thoughts? I mean, I know what you want to happen. Yeah, yeah, I want, yeah, we all know I, I want the Miz to win, but this this has been lackluster because Dean Ambrose he tried to put the Intercontinental, Intercontinental title over, but it's kind of too late, too little, too late because basically with him, it's a prop, and for whatever reason, like I know why people like Dean Ambrose, but I don't. He's like kind of character that he, he doesn't need to carry around a title because they won't yeah. really do anything for him. That's just my opinion on Dean Ambrose, but I. I'm looking forward to the match. I wanted the Miz, like the Miz didn't really get under Ambrose's skin this week, so I don't think that that stipulation is actually going to come to fruition. But I do have the Miz winning. Yeah, I, uh, I'm really torn on this one. I'm gonna pick the Miz because it's what I want. It's what I think is is best for that title. It's what I think is best for that title. But I, I'm not sold on that being the outcome. So I'm usually I'm like more eighty twenty on these predictions. This one I'm kind of more like fifty five forty five. Really? Yeah. Hmm. Eck, your prediction. Well, if you want to predict on what you want to happen, I'm going to go with a hundred percent. Dean Ambrose retains, <laughs> uh, especially after my best friend pointing out that the only time that stipulation has come to fruition has been for uh, Christian winning his second world title. Uh, I'm going to go with. Um, I'm going to go with Dean retaining, and hopefully he can go into a, a different storyline with someone else. I mean, um, the Drifter seems like they want to push him, and, you know, he's get, you know he's going to be a heel. You know, if they want to put that on someone fresh. That's a good point. I do think The Miz would have fun with the Drifter, though. <laughs> yeah, but he's, he's not a face. I know. That that's why I'm, I'm I don't see that happening. But I I mean it could if, if they don't because they may they may not necessarily want the drifter to be hated. Hmm. Because I know he was not I'm pretty sure he was not supposed to be as hated as he was in NXT. It just sort of the, happened. I mentioned this a few weeks ago. The only positive thing about the Miz winning the IC title again is Jericho made it clear if Miz gets closer to his IC title reign. He's going to have to focus on winning that belt again. So are you ready to switch your prediction? No, I'm not. <laughs> I'm, I'm content with nine and six. <laughs> Fair enough. Not, not seven and ten. <laughs> so tag team championships, Eck, your prediction for the winner. Do we have a new champion, new tag team champions on Sunday? My, my prediction, I will go bold into detail that the titles change. Um, I mentioned this a few weeks ago, and I could be overthinking this. My best friend has been stating since the beginning of this uh, podcast about um, his disdain for Jeff and (laughs) Jeff Jeff being a spot monkey and costing Matt matches multiple times. I think we see Jeff go for a big spot somewhere in this, which will cost them the match. And I think that is going to be the only chance we lead to either a broken gimmick or them being apart. Um, however, it seems like, you know, I've been reading elsewhere, hearing the Hardys talk about how, you know, the fans want them together. 
So, yeah. but uh, I know Matt wants a singles run with WWE. So, but I, whether they break up or not, I do see the titles dropping. Okay, Alo. The Hardys have been hot. Cesaro and Sheamus have looked horrible for the last five weeks, essentially. So I don't. The the normal WWE booking is the tag champs lose every week, but in the title match they retain the titles. But the Hardys have won every match and they retained titles last time. I don't think this this is kind of hard for me because I don't. My heart doesn't want the Hardys to drop the tag titles. Yeah. But the, just the way everything's going, it's like Cesaro and Sheamus. They kind of have to win this match, or they base at this where they go, they'll be nothing. So I'm gonna go out on a limb, even though I don't want to. I'm gonna go with Cesaro and Sheamus. Okay. I think it would be good for the tag division to have a change, but that this is kind of what they did with the New Day, where every team that came up. They just ultimately ended up looking like nothing after they got finished with the new day. Yeah, but so the thing is, you could, I foresee that happening with the Hardys. And, too. But the thing is, you could split Cesaro and Sheamus up. That's the that's the good thing about it. you actually split them up. But then you got they just turned heel and they had a reason to turn heel. And then I'll do sort of revival on TV this week, and I had the revival taking the titles off the Hardys because that's just how you book stuff. Mm-hmm. You put the older guys over the younger guys. And that's that's a the Hardys and the Rubs. That's, that's a complete polar opposites of each other. So I think that would be very entertaining to see those two teams go at it. Oh, that would be great. To me, like I, that's I like, that's the match that they have been groomed for. Exactly. Now <laughs> they didn't know it as they were grooming them in NXT because they had no idea they were going to have the Hardys. Yeah. But this is like what they were built for was yeah. to go up against. Do you that. know how much heat you will get for <laughs> being the Hardys? Yeah, like that will be perfect. The whole no flips, just fists. Yeah. Like, that does not fit anyone better than it fits the Hardys. Yeah. Team Extreme. Well, not, not just that, but, I mean, how strong would the Revival look if the Hardys are virtually undefeated after, you know, as a team, virtually undefeated after returning from WWE, their first match back, they win the titles, they defend the titles on more than one occasion, they retain the titles time and time again, and it's like, who can stop them? And then they just get beat down by the greatest heel tag team in recent memory. Yeah, I think it would be great for them. I think there's no better way to establish them than to have that win. So I'm going to go with the Hardys retain. I wouldn't be stunned if Sheamus and Cesaro win because they've done a lot of great work. And I still remember the reaction they were getting the night after WrestleMania where that crowd was in love with them. So I, I wouldn't be shocked, but I, I'm thinking that they're going with uh, the Hardys to, to keep on their run. Uh, women's division, has any match on this card been booked worse than oh. Bailey and Alexa Bliss? Go first so I could destroy this. Because you're going to destroy something later. I'm going to destroy this now. Yeah, I don't have too much to say about this other than like this. this basically gave all the ammunition people who hate WWE need to hate <laughs> WWE. Like, this was everything that that Brooklyn crowd complained about, booed about uh, at SummerSlam last year. This is what allows them to do so. So, yeah, this is a horrible segment. I feel bad for Alexa Bliss because I know she was working hard out there to make it work. She just did not have any of the tools to get it done. And she so, did not have a good staff out there with her. I'm glad, no, that's I'm what glad I mean. Like at it, that point. There I'm was glad you no covered chance. that part about her. Yeah, no, she did everything she could to sell it. She, at le- at the very least, she projected confidence throughout that whole thing, knowing how bad it was, knowing how she was not deterred by the crowd turning on it. She was not deterred by how corny and awful it was. 
Uh, so I give her credit for sticking it out. And I don't want to call it watchable because it wasn't, but she, she at least was something worth watching about that segment. And they continue to just make Bailey... I, I don't even know what I'm supposed to think about Bailey at this time. It's just... It's horrible. Uh, Eck? I think they want you to think that she is... Um always wanted to be in the WWE. I could be wrong. We don't know that already? <laughs> Sarcasm, best friend. Sarcasm. <laughs> well, you're not here, so I can't see your face. <laughs> sorry. I'm sorry. But, yeah, I mean, it's, it's kind of like with what, um, you know, was the consensus from everyone with what they were doing with uh, Sasha months ago. Um, you know, they, they basically are doing the same damn storyline with her on, you know, this is what she's always wanted. And it's just... It's played out. I mean, it's, it's bad enough that as similar as the two are, you know, between Sasha and Bailey, that that's the only thing they can come up with for them. Yeah, like it to me, that was that is Bailey's whole character, and they basically took Bailey's character and gave it to Sasha, who unfortunately just did it better than Bailey's doing it. I don't know if it's... I don't even uh, want to say that she got to do it better. She just got to do it first. So now it's just kind of redundant. I mean, maybe I'm biased. I feel she did it better. Hey, well, what do you think? Well, with Sasha, I don't think there's any maybe about that. There's no reason to really care about Bailey. Like, like they're not even doing like her... Like, when she first came to the WWE roster, she's like, she, like when she marked out for the new day. Like, that was Bailey. Like, we... We that's how we fell in love with Bailey. She's not doing any of that stuff. Yeah, like the yeah. whole holy moly guys. Yeah, here. yeah. Now see, now I'm gonna just want to destroy this because I don't know if you guys heard, but Vince Russo apparently has contacted Vince McMahon. I did see that, and you kind of could tell because his footprint, his handprints are all over this. Got got horrible segments like this. Oh wait, you, so you think this was the influence of, of Vince Russo? I'm just I'm I'm I'm, I'm being sarcastic. Okay, <laughs> we got this segment and polls. Basically, and then we'll get the credit angle in a little bit, I guess. <laughs> but Alexa, like, I don't want to associate the word Alexa Bliss and horrible in the same sense because she went out there and shined when she had nothing to do. Like she, like she went out there and, and, and put her best foot forward during this promo, and she and she delivered, but she had nothing to work with because you see this stuff every two weeks from Bailey. Like the, all the pictures lined up on the table, you see those every. Two weeks when it comes to Bailey, and she says the same thing. I always wanted to be here, guys. We like we see it all the time. Alexa, she had some really good lines. Like, well, Bailey's on climb up there. Even if she doesn't grab the candlestick, she's gonna hug it. Yeah. <laughs> like she had good lines, and mm-hmm. then she, the horrible actors. I guess they probably had a movie with David Otunga. But <laughs> they they were so bad. The, the whole kissing scene was too much, and then the whole whoever wrote whoever wrote the part of whole. Her dad was there. And I tried to kiss her or whatever. Her dad was in the front. Was um, sat in the front seat. Where I'm like, what? Like, what is this? There's something in screenwriting called the cringe test, <laughs> and basically, it's really easy to sit there and write dialogue like this person says this and that person says that, and you might think it's fine, but then the cringe test is you read it out loud, so you know, like, ooh, that doesn't sound good. A lot of cringing. Or ooh, a real person wouldn't say that like that. How did this pass the cringe test for them? It was horrible. And then this whole segment of This Is Your Life, we know Bailey's life. Like The reason it worked with The Rock is because you have Mankind, who's this gullible, fun-loving character, and The Rock, who we know basically nothing about, and you know he's just going to run down whoever, but we know everything about Bailey. 
Yeah, that's true. It, it just was set up to fail. I don't know how it got on TV. Well, I don't. I, I don't know how I, anyone who actually not, interviewed did, for a I job. I did not know her ex-boyfriend almost kissed her dad. <laughs> oh my god! I don't know how anyone who actually interviewed for a job and was approved to work there could put that on TV. I, I really don't understand it. Hollywood writers. Yeah. So, Alo, Bailey, or Alexa, in the what? kendo stick on a pole match. <laughs> I do think Bailey may get the kendo stick, and she may be, and she may not. Well, she may get. Uh, I'm not sure. I do think Bailey get her hands on a candlestick somehow, but I still, I still think Alexa retains. Eck? Uh, I think Alexa's going to retain. I think Bailey's going to win almost because I think she has to. They have made her look so bad <laughs> for the past month. They yeah. have. Like, I feel like she, we always talk about who needs it more. She needs it more. Yeah. Alexa Bliss is what she is. And she'll be fine... Great. Whether she has that title or not, I think Bailey really needs it at this point. So I'm going to say Bailey. I, I just, but who knows? <laughs> so 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 she's dropped the title. So that means I must pay for my picture with Bliss on Saturday. Yes. with the title. Yeah. Okay. Because she may not have it for much longer. Yeah. Uh, we already Derek discussed, pick? huh? All right. Did you pick a winner? He picked Alexa. Yeah, I'm, to I'm picking Alexa. We already talked about the tag team title match. Uh, but before we move on to the next match predictions, a couple more things that happened in the tag division. And I guess we could kind of include this in here. Corey Graves got more involved in the stories than we're typically used to. First one being uh, he texted something to Kurt Angle. Kurt Angle calls Corey into the back, and they discuss somebody has been talking about Kurt Angle, could ruin Kurt's legacy or whatever he said. His nudes. <laughs> no, okay. so, somebody found out about his tenure in TNA. It was disappointing. <laughs> yeah, he says it, it's info that could ruin him. What? Uh, I have a very specific feeling about this. What do you guys both? think? I have no this? clue. I'm very curious to see what you think. I've been trying. I, to put this I don't even mean months, what do you think is going to happen. I just mean how do you feel about this turn? I, I don't know how to feel because it's like, okay, what could a Kurt Angle possibly have out there? The thing I did like was Corey Graves. I wouldn't mind if Corey Graves actually became like, even though he's a commentator, I wouldn't mind that he actually became a character on television. Can you start yeah. interact with Big cast, But we'll get to I, that. I was just going to, you know, going into that, I mean, I love that it's two fresh segments. I mean, when we get to the second one, obviously there's high possibilities of repeating something else. But the thing I like is, is, different from what we've been seeing the past five plus years i mean this is something fresh i i like the confusion of i mean we could all sit here and take up an hour guessing on different ideas of what they are doing Mm -hmm. with angle yeah because like Corey graves i would love for him to be like even though he's a commentator he is a heel commentator so him actually being an actual character on television i would actually love that because even how he was acting with Kurt, like he had real concerns. Like Kurt, I don't, I don't know Kurt. Even with Cass, he's like, I don't, I don't, I don't know Cass. He's like, like, because he is a heel commentator. So if he could just be that that Weasley heel, I would actually love him to have that have some type of character in the show, not just on commentary. Yeah. Now my feeling on this, and this is something I've been saying since before we even started the show, and I was just writing for TJR. Raw back in the Attitude Era, whatever you want to say about Vince Russo, whatever you want to say about Ed Farrar or Vince McMahon, when you watched Raw, it was a TV show. And for the most part, 
the show kind of fit as a TV show. Now, and for the last multiple years, it's just like a bunch of segments just thrown in here and there. Like, none of it really fits together. None of it's really cohesive. It's just like, okay, we'll do a segment with these guys, and we'll do a segment with these guys. I think if you start adding stories like this into it, it makes it into more of a TV show. It allows the actual three-hour show to feel like you're watching a TV show and not just random things getting thrown together. So doing something with Corey Graves where he's actually playing a part in the show, that actually kind of can conjoin some things together to make it feel like you're watching a singular product and not them just saying, like, okay, well, some people like this guy, some people like this girl. I think it's good for the show if we see that. I have no idea what it's going to be, but like X said, it's it's something fresh, it's something different. I don't know what it could be. I don't necessarily have faith that they can pay it off. But what I do think is it's something that we're going to see going forward. It's not like it got brought up in the first hour of the show and it was solved in the third hour. Like, we'll see this again next week. We may see it for multiple weeks. Who knows how long it'll be. Maybe we'll get the answer on Sunday and everything I'm saying right now doesn't matter anymore. But <laughs> Who do you think did it? Oh, we talking about Enzo and Cass no, now? Kurt Angle. What, like, what, like, do you think somebody leaked it? I have no idea because I'm trying to think of who is... If Kevin Owens was on the show, I'd think it was Kevin Owens. <laughs> I don't know who to think that it is now because I don't know that anyone has had a huge problem with Kurt Angle on the show. And I don't know who Graves really has something with. I'll make the cheap guess is Stephanie. Okay. I mean, I could see that. Ste- Corey kisses Stephanie's ass. Stephanie could not be liking a baby face doing their thing. That's, in my opinion, the predictable way to go. Which, yeah, obviously, could, I hope is be. something better. But Halo? Yeah, it could be, but she's his boss, so she could just fire him. <laughs> That's the logic. Yeah, I, I really don't know. I'm not even going to take a guess. I have no clue. Yeah, we're not going to think too hard and waste our time. Yeah. These the, Hollywood uh, <laughs> the other area where Corey Graves got involved, uh, they mentioned the video of Enzo being beaten up last week. They showed a little clip of the revival in the background over Sasha Banks' shoulder. Corey Graves makes a comment like, one person I can tell you who probably has seen this video is Big Cass. Then Cass comes out and confronts him, way more defensive than he needed to be. Basically, I think, insinuating that Corey was accusing him and then ultimately shakes Corey Graves' hand. Now, the thing about that is, Corey Graves said last week, when they do find out who took out Enzo, he would like to shake their hand. (laughs) And this week, Big Cass went out of his way to shake Corey's hand. I I saw that on social media, but I I I didn't think of that right away while watching it. So I'm, I'm my guess now, I, I believe I predicted the revival last week, but I now I'm pretty set on it being Big Cass, the, which, the which I think thing, is good. When you mentioned the handshake when I'm watching it live, I was like, damn, Big Cass really looks bad. I'm like, man, you know what? He's the type of guy that's going to go and be all huff and puff, and then it's, all right, I'm going to shake your hand and walk away because it's, mm. oh, you know, you think I did this? You think I did this? All right, cool. I'll shake your hand. No, we're, we're fine. We're fine. Walk away. It's amazing how fast social media go- runs. Yeah, I think... Uh... They figure everything out for us. I mean, <laughs> I know, I didn't put no, that... no, no one watching Monday Night Raw thought it was... I mean, you may have 
took a hunt and was a rival, but nobody saw them in the back if it wasn't for social media. Yeah, right. But, yeah, but even that, I didn't put those two the two and two together about when Corey Grace, I want to shake their hand, and Cash just randomly comes out. I think it was Cash, too. I think it would be similar to the whole Triple H Shawn Michaels thing mm-hmm. when Triple H turned on Michaels. Because uh, in 2002, after some after Vengeance, and the video cast would be like, I'm investigating, and Enzo will have the video, and then you'll finally get that heel turn. I think it's good for big cast, especially now with Braun Strowman out. They actually they actually miss like a big guy yeah. out there. So I think Cass could capitalize on that situation, and Cass will automatically be a top heel because everybody loves Enzo. I think it's great for Cass. I've kind of been waiting for this and hoping for it. Uh, Eck, I'm assuming that's what you meant earlier when you said this is going to be like a repeat of something else you were talking about, yeah. Triple H and, yeah. and Sean. Yeah, I think, you know, for to be um, redoing a storyline, a little too big of one for them to be redoing. But I think, <laughs> you know, it, you know, it's um, we all been mentioning for quite some time on how stale they've been. So it, it it's the right thing to do. Um, they probably should have broke up even weeks if not months ago so i mean i'm looking forward to it yeah because i was saying um during the shakeup, i thought enzo and cash would go to smackdown but new day ended up going to smackdown and i was like with the hardys back the tag team division is kind of cluttered on raw so where where to leave enzo and cash that's why i said they would go to smackdown and right after the shakeup, they just they just got lost in the shuffle and so i'm like okay they gotta kind of break these guys up because enzo could be be uh, enzo's gonna be enzo everybody's gonna love enzo no matter what but you know vince is like how tall are you yeah, he's like, he has Cass and Cass, and when Enzo was out last seven year, foot tall, can't teach that. <laughs> but um, when Enzo was out, when Enzo was out a couple months last year, we said Big Cass stood tall on his own, and I think it's time for him to stand tall on his own. He could do very well because Strowman's gone. And yeah. You need that dominant big guy on Raw. I mean, and hopefully the smart thing they do is they do this, and then later down the line, Jericho gets his wish. I mean, I think I, I think I may have mentioned this uh, a couple weeks back. You did. You throw throw Enzo on two hundred five live. I mean, obviously we're gonna get to your guys' favorite segment of the week, but <laughs> give give the viewers that are not watching two hundred five live a reason to watch it. I, I, I mean, guess. everyone loves Enzo. He's so beloved. He's he's a great character. Um, he may not have accolades, but the guy has the charisma. He has a character. Nobody can deny that. You know, people love him, and then. People may hate him, but you want to see him because you want to either see him get squashed or you want to see him win. You want to see him talk. You want to see him go out there and dance and move around. <laughs> so, I mean, he would do phenomenal on 205 Live. Yeah, my, my one defense of this, and I know I, I get your point of, like, it's a little too big of a story for them to be trying to replicate. The only difference is if this does happen, I mean, Cash is going to just annihilate Enzo. It's not like it's going oh, to yeah. be where Enzo actually gets revenge. Like he's going to just smash Enzo. So it, it will be at least a little bit different. But but I do get your point about that. Well, I think that, and then I think it's just kind of, and I'm not knocking either guy because I'm a fan of them. I think you know it, it makes it. It's an important storyline when someone's getting mugged in the back. Yeah. So, I mean, it, you would typically think that's either a focal point of the show or secondary. But if you go on this week's Raw, it wasn't the secondary. I mean, the the highlight of the show was Rollins versus Reigns, then a triple threat. And then you're thinking about the tag division and the women's division. And then just floundering there is, oh, you know, Enzo got 
he got his ass handed to him backstage again, and nobody knows who did it. Mm-hmm. Uh, last two matches for Extreme Rules. We have Austin Aries versus Neville in a submission match for the Cruiserweight Championship. Uh, Neville had his first Cruiserweight loss. Is that an accurate statement? I believe so, yeah. He, no, that's what I, they said. I think, the, I think the statement was it was the first time he's tapped out since he's been in the Cruiserweight division. Hmm. Interesting. I'm, I'm almost certain that was the wording. Well, I liked that Neville got the tap on him. I like that Neville. Aries got the Aries, I like that Aries is using the last chancery again, and I like that Neville couldn't even talk afterwards. That's how <laughs> angry he was. Very much looking forward to this match. I think it's going to be great. I don't know if they've had the best build to this, and maybe that's because I don't watch Two Hundred Five Live. But I feel like on Raw, it just has ended up being a tag match every week between these four guys. You know, TJP and. Neville either, against either Aries that and or ne- Neville's are in commentary. Yeah. But I am very much looking forward to seeing this match, and it's going to be one of the best matches of the night. Eck, have you been watching 205 Live or no? I actually, I, I want to be bold and say, yeah, it was two weeks ago that we had the street fight, um, which I did watch this past week. I did not get to watch. Okay. Alo, I know you haven't been watching 205 Live religiously. No. But what do you feel about the way they built this? Well, I think they built it perfectly. I, was, I said a few weeks ago they actually built the, this few kind of properly. It's like the build-up to Aries actually winning the title because the match at WrestleMania, he took him to the limit. Mm-hmm. Neville's weaseled his way out the match at pay, at, um, at Payback. Yeah. So it's like you're building a sympathy for Aries because he had Neville beat. And then this whole TJP thing, TJP's in this situation, and Neville's been dragging him along and saying, if you do this, you get a tile shot. He still hasn't gotten it. So I think, I didn't watch 205 Live last night, so I don't know if this happened or not, but this may be this may be me overthinking things again. Maybe you get a segment at Extreme Rules where you see T- Neville go to TJP saying, if you help me out, I'll, get you this, I'll give you a title shot. Yeah. And maybe TJP does get involved but inadvertently, and it costs... It caused Neville to actually get locked into the last chancery, and he has no choice to tap out, and Aries wins. Hmm. Interesting. Well, uh, oh, as interesting ahead. as that is, I'm, I got I to gotta get to the spoiler because I, I need to know. Um, going into you know this, and I know you haven't been an avid uh, watcher uh, or viewer, I'm sorry, of 205 Live. Did you watch 205 Live this week? Did I? Yeah. I did, yeah, because I knew we were going to have to talk about it. <laughs> And this was your first time, correct? No, not the first time. Okay, okay. I've watched a couple. Um, I, I was not going to be surprised if it was your first time, with um, understandable reason or why you would be <laughs> watching it. But yeah, no, I've, I've watched. It's probably the third time I've tuned into it. Um, it was the first time I watched it as it aired, so it was the first time I ever watched it live. Um, but yeah, not the first time I watched it. Uh, Eck, who, who's your prediction on the Cruiserweight Champion come Sunday night? Well, it's funny. Uh, me and my best friend keep bantering back and forth on uh, WWE booking and mm-hmm. how you would you know, typically predict. Um, you know, Neville tapped out, so I want to think Neville's going to retain. But I think, I mean, he's clearly, um, we, he's the longest person to hold the Cruiserweight title at this point. I think his... Um, his reign has, I don't want to say it's 
you know, it's run its course. Mm-hmm. Um, Aries is very hot in the division. Um, for the longest time, Neville's been the best thing the division had to offer. I think it's the right time for a title change, and I see uh, Austin Aries leaving with the strap. Halo? I'm going with Aries. I think I'm going to go with Aries, too. I, I think it's time. I, I want to see him get it. I think he's earned it. With his work in the ring, his work out of the ring, his work on commentary, I think he putting bananas over better than anyone ever has, maybe. (laughs) (laughs) So I would like to see Aries win. I'm going to predict Aries. And then to get to the reason why I watched 205 Live, the reason why I knew we were going to be talking about it, Noam Dar and Alicia (laughs) Fox had started a feud with Sasha Banks for the last few weeks. Now Rich Swan is involved, and... We have a mixed tag match, Rich Swan and Sasha Banks against Noam Dar and Alicia Fox. And uh, Sasha made her first appearance on 205 Live this week. Well, Tyler, so there's I that. Fir- I got to point out, over a month ago, my best friend resorted to one of his favorites saying, mm-hmm. Is this a thing? Is this a thing? <laughs> what? Guys, this is a thing. Uh, yeah, I guess it is. Um, what do you mean you guess? It's a thing. You're not enjoying it? No. Oh. I have not enjoyed oh. anything about it. Um, Best friend, you haven't enjoyed anything? It's got some moves. <laughs> <laughs> here's here's my, my thought on it. First of all, I don't know why why she needs to be teaming up with somebody in a mixed tag match. Like, she should be doing something better than that um now i know i'll say this as someone who has defended the jinder mahal booking decision saying that it's a business decision they're trying to appeal to a different market i see what they're doing and Eck, i know you and alo both made the point that it's geared towards getting people to watch 205 live which i understand that and i get it but 205 Live is not getting a weekly TV rating because it's not on TV. And Sasha Banks, at this but point, they... going to 205 Live is not going to sell any any uh, WWE Network subscriptions either. And if you want her to, you should probably figure out something to do to make her look like a star on Raw. One, to get Raw better ratings. Two, to make her a bigger star and appeal to a mainstream audience. And then you could use her as a draw to 205 Live. But the only people being drawn to 205 Live are people who already have a WWE Network subscription anyway. All right. So to argue that 100%, I don't think it has anything to do with ratings. Clearly, after eat all three of us watch Monday Night Raw every week, they clearly don't give a shit about the ratings. <laughs> They, they seriously don't. We know that. This is about, you know, it's not about the ratings. And I don't even really think it's about the network. You got to think about the live viewers. The issue they're having for people that are watching 205 Live is the crowd is dead. The crowd's dead. So the issue is if you're going to pay a ticket and go solo, go with your friends, go with your spouse – Go with your family, go with your children, and you're going to go watch SmackDown. Why, after watching SmackDown and maybe a dark match before SmackDown, why are you going to stay past 10 p.m. to 11 o'clock? So if you're not invested in these guys and 
let's say so even arguing why Sasha's so perfect for it. So if you're a guy like the three of us and you're invested in Sasha Banks and you went to SmackDown and she's not on the SmackDown women's roster, mm-hmm. you can stay for 205 <laughs> Live and you get to see her. You don't know what she's going to do. You don't know if she's going to cut a promo. You don't know if she's going to get an entrance. Shit. On Raw, Cedric um, – not Cedric, I'm sorry um, – Rich Swan didn't even get his entrance. He came out to Sasha Banks' entrance. No, he came out with his entrance. He did. Yeah, but he, yeah, but when he introduced I, her, I must have fast forwarded it. Yeah, when he introduced, <laughs> he introduced her, she came out to her music. And he so, walked, so and how he great is that? Together. So Rich Swan's coming out. I don't even pay attention to his entrance. I fast forward it. Sasha Banks is coming out. I hit pause and then I play it. So I'm skipping, and I want to be a fan of the cruiserweight division. But, you know, getting home late on a Monday and fast-forwarding, trying to catch up, I'm not seeing this stuff. But Sasha Banks is something where it's like, all right, I got to hit play. I got to watch it because something good is about to happen. So if you're if you're sitting there and you're there live for SmackDown and you were told last night when you were watching Raw at home, Sasha Banks is going to be there, you're more inclined for the majority, I like to predict you're more inclined as a wrestling fan to stay there to see Sasha Banks. And us, again, us three guys, we're all big fans of Sasha Banks. We're probably going to stay there. If there's a woman who's very avidly a pro women's wrestling fan, she's definitely going to stay there. All the little girls that are becoming fans of WWE because of this you know, women's revolution – if they're there for SmackDown and they get to see, again, with both Raw and SmackDown, they pretty much got, you know, between both shows, there's six women in each division. You know, you get to see six women for two hours and then you get to see someone from the night before. I, I think it's smart booking. So I'll give you this. That is the best point I've heard made. That's the best argument for it that I've heard. Now, now even as icing so when you're saying about putting her over on raw at this point with and you know it's a work in progress with two different shows how stacked can they make you know the divisions you no know, obviously through three hours i get it and alicia we've seen alicia versus banks that's the storyline we've seen it the past three weeks so you got alexa and you got Bailey in the main storyline. So what are you going to see Sasha do on Raw that's going to put her over? They want to keep Nia strong. And, I mean, she complained on social media about her not being on Raw. Mm-hmm. But what, what is she going to do? What is she going to do, squash Sasha? Or is she going to take a loss to Sasha? That takes some of her credibility away. So you got her doing something fresh. And, I mean, to, to resort back to the past, in the early 2000s, I mean, how many times did they do something with, with Trish to put her in a mixed tag storyline. And I don't care what anyone says. I'll, I'll say as the biggest fan of Trish as a guy, not just being a perv, I didn't give a damn about her matches, but you know, I love seeing her go to the ring. And then if she was involved with a, a guy wrestler that I'm invested in, like, you know, I'm a fan of, I want to see him win championships. I want to see him win matches. I want to see him go over against whoever he's facing. If Trish was in their corner, I bought more into the storyline. You bought more into her. That's different. So, I, so or what? Because the thing is, all right, all right, look at this. Sasha Banks, there's no question. She's a bigger name than everybody in the Cruiserweight division. Mm-hmm. 
when Trish would have a, when Trish would be with somebody or a mixed tag or whatever, it was typically uh, someone that was already a big name. Exactly. So you cared about them. You cared about the person she was with more than you. You care about the person that she was with more than Trish. Even though even though Trish was was, was Trish is a beautiful woman, you wanted to see her, but you cared just as much about you cared about the superstar she was with more because at one point she was with Christian. At one point she was with Chris Jericho. So you actually did care. At one point she was with Jeff Hardy, but at the same time, you can't say that you didn't invest more with that guy. And even even if that's but they not were, the but case, they, they were they were already a guy. Rich Schwab. But at the same point, at the same time, a different time, different way they're they're executing it. There's still a strong chance that with whatever they're putting, whoever they're putting Sasha with, it's going to elevate them. Well. With Sasha, it was just to elevate the show. But see, my thing was this whole thing was just horrible. Like, for, like those two promos, I cringed so much. It was so bad. And like Sasha, she even posted on Instagram. I'm ha the pictures of this. I'm having fun, guys. Mm -hmm. Okay, we're gonna say you're having fun, but this was not good. And we want the best for Sasha Banks on this show. We, we like, say we, we talk about it every week. Like, what the hell are you doing with Sasha Banks? But it's like, okay, you throw like Alicia Fox. She's been whatever over there on two hundred five live. They, people have been dying for her to get out of that situation. And now you throw Sasha Banks of all people in there. I understand what you were doing because you're trying to get those people to stay for two hundred five live because the, the arena's half empty at that point. So it's like and they threw Sasha Banks out there at first. And Sasha Banks is the bigger name, so you're gonna get more eyes on the project two or five live because they made it such a big point right after the crew. It's smart. The, the I never said it wasn't show, smart. I never I'm said just it saying, wasn't the smart. The host of the show watched it live for the first time ever. Exactly. Exactly. Hook, what, 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 exactly. I never said it wasn't smart. That's just how you. That's just how you. That's how you market stuff. You present it right there. No matter whether you like it or not, you're gonna watch it. Whether just to see Sasha or how bad it is. That's just how you got because like you said, Ron washed it. So they basically did what they were trying to do, and they got Ron. Well, two things I want to be very clear about. <laughs> I, I want to be more clear about this than I've ever been about anything else on this show. Maybe not. You you only watch it if Sasha's on. We already got that. No, no, that, that's not it. I only watched it. I only watched it because you guys were harassing me for two days about it. <laughs> And everybody was saying, I can't wait to see what Ron's <laughs> going to say on Wednesday about it. So I watched it because of you guys, not because they... Prep two, prep two. Yes. Don't single us out. Don't single out the Oh, well, friends. when I say you guys, I mean everybody that's involved in a group text. <laughs> I saw nothing but pictures of Sasha with a cruiserweight championship <laughs> over her shoulder. 125 line. Yeah, 125 line. That's why. I was, that was the like, one that gave the right weight. Everyone else was climbing 95, yeah. 105. So, yes, this, this was not... WWE's brilliant marketing strategy that got me to watch. I watched this because I knew this was going to be a thing for us tonight. Well, see, but also, but even, like, you know how the, how all social media sites, they have fan pages. Yeah. And, how, and Sasha Banks has probably the most fan, one of the most fan mm -hmm. pages at a WWE Superstar. And a lot of the fan pages even said, I never watched Two If I Lie about watching for Sasha. Yeah. Now, the other thing I want to be very clear about is my issue was never about whether she could help that show. Or whether it was something for you, her to do. You just didn't want her to be near it. Your exact words about a month ago was, keep her as far away from 205 Live. Keep her as far away from the Cruiserweight division as possible. The reason being, I knew they were going to do something horrible like this. Exactly. There's nothing about this that was good. It's honestly, to me, this is like... To me, this felt worse than... Um, what were they called? Um... 
the group she was in with Tamina and Naomi. Team bad? Team bad. Team like, bad. Th- to me, this was like a flashback to that. Like, every time they came out there, I was like, oh my god, this is like... Speaking of, speaking of Vince This Russo, is like a bad you know, New Day. You know the ma- main event for 205 Live next week is uh, Sasha Banks on a pole match. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. But no, that, that was my issue more than anything. <laughs> You'll compete. <laughs> I mean, if, if they want to offer me a contract, I would compete. Um... But yeah, my problem was always that she was not going to be done justice by doing this. Oh, I know that. It was just going to be silly and, and bad, and I, I don't know how helpful I, this was to the show. It definitely was not helpful to her. Well, here here's where I like to advocate for her, and Aaron just brought this up. She's having fun. She likes that she's doing this. Okay, well, I'm happy for her that she's having fun. But as a fan of her, I'm like, oh, my God, why are you having her do this? Rich homie swan. Oh, so bad. <laughs> it, uh, it, it, I, I don't like it. This was not my Ronnie versus the world, by the way. <laughs> was it? No, it's Rolling not. Rolling with the homie. <laughs> oh, so bad. All right. Who's going to win this match? <laughs> uh, Sasha Banks associated with the match, so she's going to win. Sasha Sasha and Rich Homie swung. Yeah, Sasha is going to win, but ultimately she has lost. Unfortunately. Um, <laughs> oh my god. Anything else anybody wants to talk about from Raw? Uh, um, hmm. We happy that well, Goldust is back? The Golden Age is back? Yes. Yeah, that's. Oh, no. Actually, time out since you brought that up. Mm-hmm. How awesome was our truth promo? Loved it. Loved it. I Nobody was happier than me. <laughs> <laughs> Titus Brand. <laughs> Titus Brand was good too. Apollo's like, you chill. He's like, no, like, no, no, no. You are like, Take the selfie. Perfect. Yeah, awesome. Um, I felt like Raw was uh, outside. If, if you took out that this is your life segment, I felt like Raw as a show was better this week than it's yeah. been in a while. So, I can argue that. Yeah, a good go home show for Extreme Rules. I'm very much looking forward to this pay per view on Sunday. I think for the most part, the matches are going to be good, uh, even if they are not extreme. Uh, everybody ready to move on to SmackDown? Yes. Hells yeah. Okay. Hell yeah, man. So, we have a Randy Orton promo, I'll be honest. I don't really know what he said. <laughs> um, he said that he was born into this business, uh-huh. which I thought I figured you would pop for. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, he, he did the John Cena um, mark uh, mention. Sorry, not Mark. Uh, mentioned <laughs> a bunch of legends. Yeah, that he started out by uh, mentioning Man, uh, Mick Foley, mm-hmm. uh, Shawn Michaels, and a third person. But then he was just like, just to name a few. Um, you know, to then continue forward. You know, uh, Mahal pops up, but you know his, his his promo. It actually seemed like he he meant it, which yeah. was actually in latest. You know, I would almost want to say for the whole damn year, it was his best promo, Orton? which isn't saying, yeah, it's not saying much, <laughs> but it's been his only, I think, effective one this year. Yeah, because um, this whole thing, it was Orton talking about how he's gonna regain his title, and when you say, right, Eric said he, I'm a fa- I'm the grand, I'm a fa- I'm the son of this guy, I'm the grandson of this guy. Yeah, uh, my uh, grandfather, father would slap me in the face for yeah, losing to a guy like Jinder yeah, Mahal. Yeah, all, yeah, all that stuff, but 
Oh, I thought you didn't know what he said. I didn't retain much. But going back to what I said last week. I didn't week even about, retain that part, but I like it. <laughs> but going back to what I said last week about Randy Orton at Backlash, like, he actually wanted to be there. And you could tell, like, like he actually meant this promo. Because this, you know, this is kind of a shoot for him. He still act like he looked like he wanted to be there, and that was the most important thing. He put over all the guys he had beat, and I like Jinder Mahal's promo too. He was talking about that I'm the present. You're talking about the past. I'm the present, and that's. It, it wasn't long. It got the point across. Jinder Mahal, he didn't say much. He did get his point across clear, clearly, and it, it doesn't. You still don't hate Jinder Mahal yet. I still think that's. A problem other than the fact that he's a different ethnicity. Yeah. But you still, they, you got, so that gave me a more reason to hate him. Like, I know he's a WWE champion. I'm not that, I'm not mad that he's a champion. Everybody else is. But you still got to give me, like, a legit reason to really yeah. hate the guy. Can I say something about that, actually? This is something I thought about yesterday. I remember I brought up the, um, the Instagram photo by The New Day, Sasha Banks, and Rich Swan that was hashtag black excellence when they were all champions. And, well, to to backtrack, that's why you should be liking Rich Swan and Sasha. Let's continue. Let's continue. Fair enough. Um, one of the things I said was like I was proud of the fact that as wrestling fans, as WWE fans, it's a group that is open minded enough to accept people of different ethnicities. Like where a lot of people in this country may not, this is a group of people that is willing to accept you if you're just good at what you do. If you're out there and you're entertaining, they don't care what color your skin is. They don't care what your sexuality is. None of that matters. If you go out there and you're entertaining every week, people will get behind you. And I think it's it's almost a slap in our face that they're trotting gender out there like, hate this guy because he doesn't look like you. <laughs> it's like the exact opposite of what this group of people is. Yeah. It's like time out. You've seen the shoot interview. We got people from Bangladesh that's not even <laughs> won the title. So um, check, our, check our Twitter page if you don't believe it. <laughs> okay. Uh, our good friend, the real Maharaja, as I've been <laughs> referring to him. I actually called him today celebrating letting him know he is the real Maharaja. <laughs> How do you feel I, about I, that? I, I may have pronounced it wrong. He, 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 la- he answered the phone. I <laughs> claimed him as that word that I can't pronounce right. And then he he's like, "Yo, are you drunk?" <laughs> I was like, "Not yet, not yet." <laughs> so yes, not a, he's not a big fan of it. But let's also take into consideration that he consumes wrestling the way we consumed wrestling back in the eighties and nineties. Now, well, here, hold on. Here's the thing I love about this: mm-hmm. me at my age, you know, you at your age, Ron. You know, there's certain little, you know, Mark-isms about us yeah. that we still hold tight mm-hmm. and, and dear to us about certain wrestlers that started from nothing and they got the right push yeah. and they started from the bottom and they worked their way up to the world world title. As much as, you know, my good friend Omar still buys into the product and <laughs> I don't want to say he believes it's all real but you know he, he almost genu- does and almost, that's one of that's and, one of my favorite he, things about he, him and he genuinely gets pissed off <laughs> genuinely gets pissed off like when I heard happening. him talking to you about how much he hates Kevin Owens that was one of the funniest things ever to me he, he hates every heel I love it <laughs> like the, the video I sent I sent everyone about him hating Jericho because he's like this isn't the Jericho I grew up with. Mm-hmm. Like, 
this isn't the one that taught me to break the walls down. This is not him. Please tell me he actually said that. Is it, this is I not said, the Jericho that I taught me to break the walls. Last down. summer, last summer, I sent everyone a video on Snapchat. It was the exact words. But the thing that I do like about it, I mean, he even said his exact words. He's like, if Jinder Mahal can be champion, like I, I can be champion. It, and to argue that, to argue that, to, to segue again. You Wait, know, unfortunately for Omar, that's not actually true. Say that again. I said, unfortunately for Omar, that is not actually true. That he he can be champion? Yes. Like, that doesn't mean anyone can be champion. I I don't know. I'm out to challenge gender title for title. I got this podcast. uh, But isn't it a truism in wrestling? People are beating the door down to challenge me for it. So why can't I beat down his his door? Well, tell me that it's not a truism in wrestling that as a heel, anyone can be champion when they have two other people on their side helping them get there. I got two people on this podcast with me. What do you mean? So what I'm saying is, Jinder oh, Jinder by himself, maybe he was not good enough to be champion. But as a heel, he had help to do it. He used two other people to help him get over that hump, yeah. and that's what like that's the difference. It's not just some. It's not like James Ellsworth just went and won the title by himself. But James Ellsworth, with a stable behind him, could believably win the championship. You know what? And uh, I, I was just about to get into it. I mean to. To plug the um, the straight edge, or, I'm sorry, not the the, the perfect edge, mm-hmm. the perfect edge. Uh, you and Donovan the lowdown. He actually makes a solid argument. I hate to give the devil a stew, <laughs> but um, he makes a solid solid argument on why this was something good good to do. Um, I I complained and I bitched and I moaned last week when when you go over his stats that this guy's you know he is the the fiftieth you know WWE mm-hmm. champion of all time. In, in my eyes, I still think it should be people that work their way up. Maybe they got to touch a tag title in their way. Maybe they were in NXT or they were somewhere else developmental, uh, specifically NXT, and maybe touch the NXT title and go straight to the WWE title. Few exceptions in mind. Giants, monsters that come straight into the product and do something. Um, you know, it, it, would I have rather, you know, if they're going to do this heel role, anti-American kind of, I don't want to say I wish they would have bit off what Russo did, or Rusev did, but, you know, maybe make him win the U.S. title and, you know, be anti-American with the United States title. But this is something fresh. And it, the thing I like about it, as much as I hate it, I don't like him as a champion. Mm-hmm. I'm on the edge of my seat waiting for the day for him to drop his title. <laughs> and yes, and that like that's like as you I think you were just alluding to, that is a good part about it. Yeah, is that's that a there reason. are people like you who are waiting to see yeah, him. Yeah, and that's a reason to hate him. It, I, which, I would which, like which, to see him that's do why, things. That's why that's why I give it credit because it it's one of those things where it's like Damn, I wish it with WWE logic if they want to get Warren out of the story, uh, the storyline, he'll cash in on his rematch the following SmackDown or the SmackDown after, he'll lose, and Jinder can go into the next the next feud. But I'll, I'll go with the bold prediction. You know, we got about a month or four weeks, however, you know, five weeks, two weeks, whatever it is, until um, they face some money in the bank. I'm already going to make the prediction, and I'm going to say it every week. I'm with you guys. 
Jinder's going to retain against Orton. Um, Orton's or Jinder's going to carry this title reign out farther, and people like me is going to get pissed off. I'm I'm going to be hoping a face wins Money in the Bank, and they're going to be there to cash in afterwards. <laughs> I don't think that's going to happen, but I, that that's what I'm hoping for already. I I want this title reign to end. I'm going to be hanging out when it happens with anywhere between five to fifteen good brothers of mine, and we're going to be sitting here. I'm going to be pissed off. Like I want Orin to win. I know I'm going to be with you, passion. You're, you're going to want nothing to do with Orin winning. <laughs> I know a lot of people that hate Orin and think he's boring, which he is. He's got, he, he carries minimal personality and you know, no one's going to be wanting him to win, but I'll want him to win. Cause I don't like gender, but at the same time, you know, that's, that's why I'm going to be like, damn, well, who's next in line? Who's who can dethrone him? So, you know, there, there is something good to be said here. Yeah, and I think it's telling about this, the fact that Orton is engaged in it, means that he knows that this is something worth doing. Um, moving on, Dolph Ziggler gets a win over AJ Styles. How do you guys feel about that? I was shocked, but Dolph did need it because he came off that loss to Nakamura, and he's basically, and he, other than that, he didn't really wrestle leading up to that match anyway, so Dolph actually got a big win to actually make him look legitimate in Money in the Bank, and I just I was like, really, he beat AJ Styles, but... Inner Styles, he's lost. I know he's lost the last. His he last has taken a couple matches. losses. Well, two of his his last two singles matches because he lost to Ginger Mahal mm-hmm. at the go home for Backlash. But it doesn't really take AJ Styles. We should AJ all know we were screwed when he beat Styles. AJ Styles, <laughs> AJ Styles. Dolph Ziggler needs a win because we even said like nobody when he fought Nakamura, nobody cares because Dolph Ziggler's been nothing since. Um, November when he got when he got done um, feeding with the Miz, so he actually did need this win. Yeah, I, I'm fine with him getting the win only because he's in the Money in the Bank match and it, it makes him look like he belongs there. I guess my issue is more, I don't feel like it should have been as clean of a loss for AJ as it was. And I still just feel like I don't know why Dolph Ziggler is even in the Money in the Bank match. Well, because he's the only one to ever won it. Yeah. That's not enough for me. They just throw their six best names in the match. That's all yeah. they do. So, Eck, your, your feelings on Dolph getting the win? Um, I Surprising, but refreshing for him. Because if you ever did like him, which, you know, I did. Um, I don't want to say I dislike him now. But, I mean, he's going into a match like this. And it's typical when you see someone that's been in a Money in the Bank countless amount of times. You're like, okay, he's not going to win. But he points out, he's selling himself, I've won. I'm the only person to actually cash in, you know, and, and be successful going into this match. He He's selling himself, and you're actually buying in because he gets a win over AJ Styles, who is the greatest current wrestler on the earth, most people argue, a former WWE champion, a guy that has been in countless match of the year candidates whether it be 2017 or 2016 i mean he, he just beat the phenomenal one pun intended yeah he did I, so it's it's one of those things um i still i still hope ziggler before he hangs the boots up which I don't, i'm not saying as soon i still want ziggler i don't care if it's for three days i hope he wins it on a sunday and drops it on tuesday i want to see him with the wwe championship before he leaves i don't want him to to ride off in the sunset as a guy that held the world title twice 
And, you know, uh, commentary's got to put that over as he was a world champion, you know, like as if it was the same caliber as the WWE championship. Uh, I, I want him to have a pr- uh, prominent win again. Yeah, I'm not sure if that's going to happen or not. But time will uh, I, tell. I don't think it will, but I want, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm just preaching my hopes. I mean, he's a guy who definitely deserves it. And I think I definitely give off a misconception that I'm anti Dolph Ziggler. I think he's very he's very good at what he does. I think he's got the potential to be to have been much more than they allowed him to be. I just think they have had him be so uninteresting for so long that I can't invest in him. If they if I trusted that they would do yeah, something good with this, I'd be on board. I just think they'll tease it for a couple weeks and then it's back to him trying hard. Well, and can I can I show. shout him out? For on Talking Smack, he actually said, my mom would actually be happy tonight that I got the win. Really? <laughs> yeah. I thought so that was weird. very funny that he said that. So he's, he is actually like a charismatic guy. They just don't let him be that. Um, I mean, clearly. I, I think anytime you see anything he does outside of uh, you know, the The, the actual TV show product, where he's supposed to be doing things. <laughs> yeah. I mean, outside of the TV product, he's always money. Yeah. Uh U.S. Championship, we had Kevin Owens with another version of the highlight reel. Yeah, this is something cool that we're going to get into. Okay. What, what are your thoughts on it? My thoughts that I like out of this, I mean, not necessarily just the highlight reel and not the fact that, you know, Jericho is touring live with his band and Owens is still talking about Jericho and ripping off his, uh, you know, his show's stage set, which is money. Um <laughs> I I love the fact that, you know, you, you bring up, you started this with the, the United States Championship. Kevin Owens got pinned. He's a United States Championship. He got, he's a United States Champion. He got pinned last week by Nakamura, and he got pinned again by Nakamura. <laughs> as much as I would be cool with Nakamura winning money in the bank, you know, he's a, I think he should be a future WWE Champion. I'd love to see him get a run with the U.S. title. I mean, I I mean we, we, we always talk about these mid-card championships uh, being elevated, but you talk about a guy who was shaken up on the roster and didn't wrestle for four to five weeks and then showed up on a pay-per-view. I mean, I assumed they were going to put him right to the WWE championship. That was going to be his first title run. But if they do something with him in the U.S. title, I think it's, you know, it's just money. Yeah, I agree. Halo? I love Owens. It's just not, just knocking down the fact that Chris Jericho's gone. And mm-hmm. this is his highlight reel. Now, see, I mean, that's my first note. Still talking about Chris Jericho. I, like, I think that's funny. Typical heel, not letting you forget it. Mm-hmm. And I love how he's saying, I'm, I'm the United States of America mm-hmm. champion, and I'm going to be the WWE champion. I do like that. He's still yeah. hashing that back then, too. Because he's still Canadian. And these are things that you're supposed to hate, but you still pop for it because it's so good. I cringe so hard. When he called Nakamura the the rock star and the artist. Yeah, horrible. And just to, when he destroys Baron Corbin, it's perfect because Baron Corbin should never ever speak to Ke- never speak to Kevin Owens ever. Yeah, he was laboring through his <laughs> yes. segment on the microphone. It was it was like noticeable. Yeah, and then he gets destroyed, and then SmackDown pulls a raw. We get a tag team match. My favorite moment of this whole thing was him talking about Sami Zayn and Owens saying. 
You know, you're impressed with yourself. You beat Sami Zayn. Buddy, I've been beating Sami Zayn for the last 15 years. <laughs> I thought that was great. But yeah, we get the tag team match. Nakamura goes over. Hopefully this goes somewhere by the time we get to Money in the Bank. Yeah, we got, well, they go one-on-one next week. Yeah. Nakamura knows. That was announced? Okay. Mm-hmm. No, I'm looking forward to seeing that. For the title or not for the title? Non-title. Yeah, uh, I, I really don't know what to think of all this yet. I don't even know what to think about who's going to win. But there, there's potential here with what they're doing. There, there are some good roads they could take with the Money in the Bank briefcase winner. Uh, we had the fatal five-way elimination match with the women. Becky Lynch, Charlotte, Natalia, Carmella with James Ellsworth, and Tamina. I liked that the show opened with them each getting a promo. I just thought it actually it made it look important. It made it look like they all mattered. Uh, Ellsworth coming out and saying that Carmella is the guardian of his galaxy. <laughs> Maybe the line of the night. I thought it was awesome. That match wasn't long and it didn't have a finish, but my it God, they all. No, I mean, no, but they it, it went on for a few minutes and they went at it. Yeah, like they went all yeah, out. That, that that was the highlight of SmackDown. Um, no knock to Ziggler, no knock to to AJ, uh, no knock to the tag match. I thought that was the coolest thing in SmackDown. Yeah, and Eck, not to cut you off, but I want to say this before I forget. I like that. We kind of all heard the rumblings of this last week. And I'm, I'm giving WWE creative credit for this. Uh, a week when we kind of bashed them mostly through the show. We heard rumblings of this last week. They made this fatal five-way. I thought that if there was any way to actually introduce some, It's not like it was a surprise to us that they were going to announce it. But the fact that they announced it coming out of this, I thought was a big deal. Like it, Shane gets it, to come out there and say, like, look what you women are doing out here. You deserve this. And I thought it was a stroke of genius to have it unfold the way that it did. Nitpick. Okay. The ref couldn't control a no disqualification match. <laughs> That's just a nitpick. But another thing is, Shane could have made this last week, but they got out of that really perfectly because they, the ref couldn't. They, they beat, these guys, these women basically destroy each other. Charlotte's moonsault still landed on her feet. Yeah. Perfect. When he came out, and they were all laying on the floor. Yeah. The announce tables broke. It, it was awesome. The, the, that, that picture was perfect. Now, <laughs> since Alo, Alo did mention a nitpick, I got to mention a nitpick. Uh-huh. Social media is the devil. <laughs> Why? Because they got to point out something that if you're watching it live, you probably didn't see. Uh-huh. And I literally watched this clip probably 25 times today. So when Sasha went to give Natalie the power bomb through the table, she had a referee help her get her up on her shoulders. Is this correct? Am I the only one that's seen this? I didn't pay to any money. Yeah, I didn't notice. You didn't pay to any money like you didn't notice it or I didn't notice it. So I didn't watch it, but I either I, I saw a GIF or in Twitter. And I think I watched the GIF like twice because it was such a cool spot. And then like the second time I was like, man. That's really weird. Like, there's a fan in the crowd, like, waving his hand. It looks like there's like they almost put their hand on Natty's back. And I watch it again. I'm like, oh, that's not a fan. That's someone there. Then I'm <laughs> like, wait, what What other girl was standing up? Who helped this? And then I'm sitting there. I'm like, damn, every girl's laid out. And then I, I scroll through the comments, and you see somebody's 
claims they were there live say that uh, she was helped helped up on her shoulder by a referee. <laughs> yeah, I didn't notice it. Yeah, that's what I'm just saying. Social media is the devil. But uh, <laughs> again, to backtrack, I, I still think this was the highlight of SmackDown. I thought this was awesome. Uh, again, I, I'm watching SmackDown back uh, a little late. We predicted this last week. I thought there was going to be a definitive winner. We would see Naomi defend the title. Maybe we see the other four plus someone returning, uh, whether it be an old uh, old women's wrestler. Maybe it be Summer Rae. Maybe it be someone a call up from NXT, and we get five women. But but it's phenomenal. Yeah, Halo. You agree? Best segment of Raw or uh, SmackDown or no? Um. Yeah, I do. I believe it. I agree. You looking forward to this women's money in the bank? Yeah, because I don't know what it's going to look like. I love when you guys are bright and agree with me. <laughs> uh, well, you didn't say nothing else out of context that agree with you. Just had the, you just had a basic opinion. <laughs> well, you called him basic. He's Tag- called me worse before. <laughs> That's uh-huh. true. Tag team division. Who calls me an asshole once a week. <laughs> Tag or no, team- piece of shit. I'm sorry. At, at the dinner table, I may add. Yeah. Tag team division, we had another Usos promo basically saying no smack, no team on the SmackDown Live roster can beat them. Would be another H. No, they yeah. They should have. And then the New Day shows up in Xavier's hometown of Atlanta. Hot Atlanta. Yeah, I thought it was, uh, I thought it was a nice little return for the New Day. I'm not going to say that I missed them because I really haven't. I did. But... I liked Big E's retort to the Usos saying they got the division on lock. He says those SmackDown tag team titles, we likes them and we want them. <laughs> I love that. And then Xavier throwing another, honey, was great too. Have a match at Money in the Bank for the tag team championships. So, Alo, you're not excited to have the New Day back. Eck, you are. So I guess both of you could take a minute to explain why you're on opposing sides of this. Well, I'm I'm gonna let the negativity go first. <laughs> What's the fact that like the new day, like even Derek said this a few on oh, his attention a few months back, and I agreed when they were tag team champions, they were bad for tag team wrestling because they're all three fantastic, great in the ring. They're all excellent. It's just the fact that they weren't viewed as a real tag team. They were viewed as an entertainment act. So they did nothing for tag team wrestling that whole 300-something days they were tag team, mm-hmm. four, three, 400 days they were tag team champions. They did nothing. And then in my in my opinion, and I know you probably agree with this, they still haven't recovered from the old day. No, well... Well, I can't... Uh, you guys remember that more than me. <laughs> it was so bad. They have not recovered I'm from so that. I'm so happy. That was the day I was busy at work, so I fast-forwarded right through that, and, and then, I don't remember it at and, all. And then after they dropped the titles to Cesaro and Sheamus, they were away from the tag team titles, and they basically, they really did nothing. They just they just threw them on there on Raw. They to, would just show up. Yeah, j- just to make the fans happy. But and, that's what you guys wanted. You guys wanted them away from the titles. We, that's not the they point. gave you guys what you want. But that's you not the point. That's not the point. The point is they did nothing. Even after, the, even after they dropped the title, they did nothing. They were just basically an act. 
That's all they were. Now they're on SmackDown. It's refreshing because they're out there with the Usos, and we haven't seen them with, against the Usos in a while, and we haven't seen them in, a, in about a month and a half or two months. So the thing that's refreshing about it, last time we saw them against the Usos, the Usos were face. They I just, were yeah, yeah, and that, 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 yeah, that's my point. That's why it's, a, it's refreshing because they they feuded last year around Royal Rumble time, but at the same time, it's like okay. Is New Day going to win the title? Is New Day going to beat the Uso? And then my other point is, Brazongo, even though they were on SmackDown, they just kind of get pushed to the side because the New Day's back. Yeah, I, I'm I'm looking forward to seeing it. I was happy to see them back. They made me laugh a few times the, the couple minutes they were out there. And I am anxious to see the New Day against this version of the Usos. Um, I, think, I think it will be... I think it'll be fun. Uh, speaking of Brazongo, we got Fashion Files, The Men Who Knew Too Little. <laughs> cracked me up. I liked that it was in black and white. Uh, not all glitz and glam. Sometimes beauty gets pretty ugly. I think these two are hysterical. They are. I really enjoyed this segment. The fact that they could hear each other thinking I thought was funny. They found cologne and they had a match against the colognes. <laughs> It was a very good... They really have only had one bad fashion file so far, and it was the yeah. second week. So my fears have been alleviated a little bit. I I'm thought, just glad oh. on TV. Yeah, me too. Yeah, it, it tells you something that they're like, okay, because it is entertaining. And both of these guys deserve to be in, in, in a spot, at least. Maybe not one of the most prominent spots, but they both deserve to be featured in some way. Match with the Colognes, I think it was fun. The crowd is into them. And I think what they're doing out there is fun. Yeah. It's not the same thing we're seeing every week. Even though they are. Like, Breeze coming out in uh, Undercover, I think is still funny. Him showing up at the end for the hot tag <laughs> as the janitor. That was funny. I, uh, I hope that they continue to run with this. I see no reason why they won't. Uh, Eck, are you as into the fashion files as we are? Uh, oh, I, lo- I love it. I um, I still want them to be tag team champions. I wanted them to win at their second go-around. I wanted them to win at their first time around. Um, in a dream scenario, if it seems like the Usos don't want to drop the titles to them, I almost would love the idea of the Usos dropping it to the New Day, the New Day turning. And this goes after several months of Brizango getting bigger and bigger and bigger, and then them dethroning the New Day. Um yeah, I'm just trying to look at it in every different direction that the titles can end up when Brizongo. Or, as uh, Russ claimed, why can't they just go by the fashion police? <laughs> yeah, they might as well. So, Ayla, I know you're happy that this is happening. Do you see them actually running with them? Or is it just going to be them doing a comedy segment every week? Well, you mentioned last week that Rosango actually got buzz on social media. Mm-hmm. And like you said, you know how WWE loves that social media? Social media. So who knows? Like Eric said, maybe the New Day takes the titles off of Rosango, even though I don't think they'll turn New Day heel because of how much merchandise they move and how mm-hmm. popular they are. But who knows? You may actually get some interaction between them and the New Day. Yeah. And like I said, maybe, and maybe have all three teams interact because I want Rosango still in the tag team title scene. But it's a good thing they got... Two te- well, two tag team matches. Well, two tag team segments. Yeah. On Raw, it wasn't sa- on a sad note. Mm-hmm. Do you remember American Alpha? <laughs> Vaguely. <God. laughs> I remember. I used to really like those guys. God. <laughs> they used to be so sick. I was just like, f- f- remember them? So sad. Yeah, there are unfortunately too many uh, 
too many performers getting lost in the shuffle these days. And American Alpha, unfortunately, being one of them. Uh, that's everything for both shows. Anybody have anything else they want to add from either show? Looking forward to Extreme Rules. Uh, do we have questions tonight? Yes. Should yeah. I do Ronnie versus the World before or after questions? Yes, Ronnie versus the World. So Ronnie versus the World. As I said, some weeks this could be a rant. Sometimes this could just be something on my mind. Uh, this uh, segment was introduced by Derek McCauley of Falls Count Anywhere. So Roddy versus the World this week is about independent wrestling. There was a time when, I don't want to say I looked down at independent wrestling because I didn't, but there was a time when I viewed people who loved independent wrestling a certain way. Like, they were the people that wanted to act like, ah, WWE sucks, independent wrestling is the real good wrestling. And I thought they were just people trying to be cool or whatever, or they were the people that go and boo the Universal title at SummerSlam. So, I want to admit that I was wrong about that. I noticed this for the first time during WrestleMania week. I was seeing all types of videos and pictures and seeing tweets and posts on Facebook of people at all the non-WWE stuff that was happening in Orlando during that week and that weekend. And I didn't go to any of it. I went to all WWE stuff. One of my regrets coming out of WrestleMania weekend was that I did not see anything that wasn't WWE product. And now over the course of the almost two months since, I have started to feel more and more. Now this is after watching some more Leo Rush matches. This is after watching, well, being to another house of hardcore. I think I really want to start getting more invested in independent wrestling. Because I feel like the people who are into independent wrestling are having way more fun than we are. <laughs> so this is not a slight to WWE. I'm not taking anything away from them. This is not me saying WWE is so bad it's driving me to the indies. This is just me saying it's not always fun to be a WWE fan. But it seems to always be fun to be a fan of indie wrestling. So with that being said, I'm going to throw my hat into the indie ring much more than I ever have before. That is the first edition of Ronnie vs. the World. Independent wrestling seems to be where it's at. Uh, I don't think there's really any hiding from it anymore. Thoughts from you guys? I'll let Aaron go first. <laughs> Golf clap. <laughs> Golf clap. All right, if, if that, that's his response. I loved it. I loved it. Um, I, I mentioned during um, Ring of Honor's recent their weekend for their uh recent pay-per-view um i reached out to a bunch of bunch of us here and um through the matt madness network trying to see who was watching it who wasn't watching it how can i watch it <laughs> and I, I i reached out to Derek, and i was like yes yeah, so, like, where are you streaming this or or did you buy it and i meant to like send the send that message as like an asshole like no there's no chance you ordered it like it's 2017 like you're streaming it like i remember like six years ago aaron used to send me links to stream wwe pay-per-views allegedly I'm sitting here, allegedly uh, I'm, I'm, I'm sitting here and i'm like all right cool so he's gonna like any minute now derek's gonna text me back and tell me where to stream it he's like oh no i ordered it i'm like oh holy shit like derek ordered it should i order it uh, it already started. I didn't order it. And I'm sitting here. I'm just like, damn. And I'm watching all this stuff on social media. And the thing we all got to preach about social media, as much as it tells you about it, 
I remember like last week before we recorded the the weekly show, we watched um, you know the the epic thing that happened with the Bullet Club. And I'm sitting there and I'm like, wow, you know, weeks later, you finally got to watch it all in detail, not just a couple of pictures, not just like a fan's view, but you got to watch New Japan Ring of Honor break down and make the perfect video clip <laughs> for you to know how it happened. And I'm just like, cool, I get it. I, I got the gist of what happened the day before, but it's like when you're watching, the best comparison I can make is when you're watching something special or WWE. And let's say, because we all can agree, something special doesn't happen every week. So let's say, you know, two weeks go by and you're busy. You miss you miss Raw because you're out or you have a family obligation, you have an obligation at work. And something special happens and your friends start texting you and you say, this just happened or the title just changed or this or that or such and such returned. You're like, damn it, how did I miss that? I'm literally sitting there and I'm like, I'm missing something special happening right now. It doesn't matter. It's not WWE. Like, there's something special going on. I feel like that almost every time with Ring of Honor and something special happens with the Bullet Club. Yeah. So other, I, I agree with your point. Yeah. The last part of my point that I wanted to make, I forgot because this is actually the thing that really made me start thinking this. I've started to feel like I'm missing out on something. And that's what made me really come to that conclusion that I need to start looking into it more because i do feel like i'm missing out so that really was the the point i wanted to close on and with that being said halo listener questions yeah we got a question from the godfather joe lafferty all right this Uh, question is pretend that brock lesnar will show up on sunday how would you book it i would have barrel and joe alone in the ring i will have lesnar run down an f5 Balor. I would then have him extend a handshake to Joe only to F5 him also. This will this will allow Bray Wyatt to steal the victory. Lesnar gets, gets an easy win over Bray at next at the next pay-per-view while Balor earns some type of victory for a SummerSlam showdown. Eck, you got any thoughts on how you'd book Brock? Wow. Um, I, if this is completely fantasy... I'm going to steal laugh, and in a fantasy world, I would like to see Brock there. I would like to see the show almost open right during the pre-show that Heyman's in the arena and everyone's speculating. And I would like to see Brock come out and cost Balor the match. Joe go over on Balor. Joe and Brock have a match, and... Somehow we get Balor versus Brock only for Heyman to turn on Brock at SummerSlam. Hmm. That's the best fantasy booking out there. Unless you really want to get to like some, I don't know, rainbows and unicorns. But you're not going to get that here. <laughs> That's realistic. Yeah, I, to me, I don't know that there's really a lot of ways to look at the best way they could do it. I really think him hurting Balor is the best way to go. Because nobody's really knocking down the doors to see Roman and Brock. I don't even feel like people are knocking down the doors to see Seth and Brock. I wouldn't hate it. 
because it gives Balor reason to keep coming after Brock, and then it gives us Samoa Joe against Brock Lesnar. So I would have Brock take out Finn Balor, help Samoa Joe winning, similar to, to what these guys both said. Alo, do you have anything different, or are we all in agreement that that is just the way to go? Well, I'll be different because what you, what you, what you guys stated is too much work for them. <laughs> if Brock shows up, it'll be the most simplest thing. I think that after Balor wins, Brock will just show up. And, and he'll he'll be at the top of the ramp and Balor will be in the ring. That, that, so we'll get like a Raw ending. Yes. <laughs> or an NXT ending. Yes. A weekly NXT a show week, ending. A weekly show ending. <laughs> That's what we'll get. Because this is WWE. They'll, they'll, do the, they'll do the most simplest thing possible. That's how, that's how they operate. I, I would love for, Balor, for for Brock to get involved and take out everybody and the one to actually get Brock out the ring or, or knock him down momentarily is Balor and then Balor can finish off one of those guys and get the win that way. But if, if Balor wins, I, if Brock does show up, I just think they'll do the most simplest thing possible. Brock will stand at the ring and Balor will be in the ring. Yeah. Um, any more questions? That's it for tonight. All right. So that is the show for Ek to Fly, Eric Trembicki. For the voice that runs the place, the European champion, Mr. Wednesday Night Live, Alo Aaron Lloyd. I am Ron Pashery, and we will see you next week. Hop on the top rope, by the land with his elbow. Got him now, put him down right now, hit him with the palm handle. Tuning up the band, y'all don't understand. Fist of Superman, it's a summer slam. Here we go again. Fans mocking man, man, I hate my ball. Shut the mission, man. It ain't safe to land off the cell. Fans love it, ain't hard to tell. Talking madness, awesome. Well, what I'm cooking, man, y'all off the smell.